Hi everybody, I'm Josh. I'm Alyssa. And we are back with a jam-packed, patriotic, Independence Day version of the podcast was on fire. And it wasn't my fault. Where we dig into the good, the great, and the problematic of the Dresden Files series by Jim Butcher. Lissy's brand new at this series. Yes, sir. I've read them a fair few dozen or so times. And still, I'm probably less knowledgeable than every one of you and my sister. <laughs> it's a good old time. It's not a competition. Well, it should be. It really should be. And, and if it were, Lissy, you'd be winning. Oh, dear God. By nature of being wonderful. The wonderful contest. You're in first place. Oh, you're such <laughs> a nerd. Beyond that, how are you today? It is the 4th of July down here in Carlsbad. What day is it up there in NorCal? It is also the 4th of July. I'm never sure how time zones work. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Dork. And you get to be on a boat, motherfucker. Don't we ever forget today, right? Uh-huh. Buddy of mine has a boat. We're going to be going out on the bay. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. Must be nice. I am decidedly unboated today, and I'm actually quite all right with that. It is a day <laughs> off after a long weekend in Riverside. I needed it. I've got a long weekend in Coronado coming up. And then after that, the longest weekend of all in Orange County. So a day of rest, if you will. Rest and watching Independence Day on the TV. Hey, that and works. That's all I've got on my agenda. Hopefully everyone out there had a wonderful, safe, spectacular past tense Independence Day. Or just Tuesday, as it is to most of the world, <laughs> when you hear this. But um, beyond that, anything else to get into? Or you want to start breaking us down on where we're at in Death Masks? This is book five. Woohoo! We are creeping up towards the climactic finale. It's a great and, couple of chapters. Uh, it really is, huh? I like. I love that these the breaks are, feel like they're getting better and better. Every you know the five or six chapters <laughs> that we put together, they yeah. really are good chunks, and they make sense for the stop. Yeah, definitely. So, what's up in universe? Where are we at? Okay, so uh, Harry has just climbed or just left the uh, torture chamber of Nicodemus, uh, who is one. Of the fallen, it appears, but he seems like a ringleader of sorts. Uh, he was basically being held in there to torture. We've got uh, Shiro is in there, traded his life for Harry's, and Harry's making a run for it. Indeed. There's one thing I wanted to add to that description was he wasn't just being held to torture for funsies, as fun as that's true. But they wanted to get him to t take up one of the coins and join team Denarian themselves himself as well, which is just another twist on the old join up or die yeah. kind of trope, but it a story beat there, but it is really interesting. So he has just left the, the cavern and he basically is hating himself that he's running away. And he, we heard Shiro get busted up and he just tries to go in a straight line and Shiro gave him quick instructions on a quick roadmap, basically, on how to get out. And he was hustling, and he found a ladder. And as he starts to climb up the ladder, one of the goons catches up with him. 
I like the description of, I ducked and rolled with the punch. The good news was that it didn't tear my face off. <laughs> that's, that's how he can tell if he's dealing with a mortal or not. His face is still intact, mm-hmm. um, which I do love. He ends up winning the fight somehow. This isn't something that happens very often with Harry, but he doesn't really fight human beings very often. So that's I guess true. more power to him. He's got a hell of a reach. He's got to have an advantage on almost anybody. But... Uh, we get Susan coming down here, and one really interesting note here, he tries to hand her mm-hmm. Shiro's cane, Phenolachius. Um, it's a sword in a cane, um, and the sword is Phenolachius. And she tries to take it, and there's a flash, a flicker of silver static, and she hissed, jerking her fingers back. Yeah, there's some uh, interesting power that going on there oh yeah and we know the swords are powerful yeah but with her and we know there's forces for good but clearly the sword doesn't like her she says what the hell was that magic sword well it sucks (laughs) 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 this is a good exchange they climb up the ladder and she drops a flash grenade a stun grenade lots of light flashbang yeah Presumably, yeah, down on Deer on Deirdre's face, which I love, and they hustle <laughs> out of there. She tells him that Shiro, when they got to Michael's, Shiro just told him where to go. Again, one of those cool insights into the powers that the knights possess, mm-hmm. which are sometimes amorphous. You know, we've seen the it was the Ursio fight where Michael said, "I had good, I had good information that you'd be here." Yeah, which could have, which could have been literally an angelic messenger, or just he saw his car. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, exactly. You never know which one. I just like that. Saw his car. I love that. Uh, but we see Shiro doing the same thing here. But re- but remember, they told us that that's the power of the of the knights. So oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. It wasn't I, it's just at funny all to see it. in any. Yeah. Oh yes, but it wasn't in any way, shape, or form like oh weird. It was like okay, <laughs> I have now accepted that as reality. Exactly. It's fantastic. And it's also from a storytelling standpoint, not Deus Ex Machina. You know, this isn't something that this is something that they built into this novel, much less mm-hmm. previous novels. That that's a power that he has. Yeah. So it make, it makes sense, right? Which is kind of cool, just as far as telling a coherent story as well. Exactly. So they're blasting around uh, in the sedan. Martin's driving at top speed. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, as they're getting into Harry's neighborhood, they're being chased. And Susan says, we get out here. As in, they're going to tuck and roll. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, she says, trust me, this is kid stuff. <laughs> and Martin said, it isn't far. You can jump out. <laughs> okay, bro. Well, Martin knows what Susan's capable of, which is oh, cool. Totally. And again, a, a very anti-yikes empowerment moment there where. Oh, 100%. Right? I mean, he's telling his female partner to jump out of the car and almost kill yourself here because and she protects Harry as they're rolling as they're tucking and rolling. Exactly. I was just like, "Mm, go Susan. (laughs) Susan Susan and I have similar um, concerns about this universe, but I would not be the one protecting you jumping out of a car. No, no offense. I don't think I would jump out of a car. (laughs) That's fair. I'm pretty bouncy these days. Uh, (laughs) I'm too klutzy. Uh, I just rolls into the way of oncoming traffic. <laughs> she does reference that Harry has jumped out of a car before when he was fighting mm-hmm. the lycanthropes. Um, he says, that was different. Yeah, you left me in the car. 
<laughs> she crawled across his lap. His lap appreciated her, especially in the tight leather That's pants. Gracious. Uh, <laughs> time and place, Harry. Seriously. I mean, he was just almost he was just almost tortured to death, so you can't really blame him, but certainly, you know. Focus. <laughs> Squirrel. Vagina. And uh I'm hot my pants. <laughs> oh goodness. Fair enough. But I do love that he took her hand and they leapt from a car and he was laughing like a madman as they did. <laughs> Just this is my yeah. life. Like laugh or cry, baby. Here we go. Exactly. All right. So this is this is at the beginning of this chapter where as we went out the door, Susan pulled me against her heart. On general policy, I approved. She got one arm around the back of my head, shielding the base of my skull and the top of my neck. We hit the ground with Susan on the bottom, bounced up a bit, rolling, and hit the ground again. Ouch. Just ouch. Yeah, no no, thank you. No, not at all. I'll pick and he says, eye. you're embarrassing me with the super strength and whatnot. How's a guy supposed to assert his masculinity? You're a big boy. You'll think of something. I looked around and nodded. I think we better get off the street. Pronto. Oh. Is running and hiding assertively masculine? <laughs> the part where we don't die is... That's practical. I'm not sure it's masculine. Shut up. There you go. <laughs> I do love how Susan is basically just calling him out. Absolutely. On his assertively masculine. I love it. Um, and as they're walking, Harry feels a spell. And a couple of bricks fall from a chimney. Harry saves Susan from that. And Susan says, what was that? An entropy curse. A what? Sort of a bad luck spell. A really, really bad luck spell. Preferred magic for getting rid of someone who annoys you. Who's doing it? My guess? Snake boy. He seems to have some talent, and he could have gotten some of my blood to target me with. And then he looks at the power lines and says, Oh, hell. Run. So they break into a run. The power lines snap, sending sparks their way. I mean, this is some crazy, dangerous shit. A huge branch falls off and lands on the lands on the ground, and they get the hell inside. And we learn that Harry prob- Harry's got some emergency wards he can put up. They get in the apartment, slam the door, and he slams a candle against the door jam and says, flick him bickus. And two dozen candles at the same time light up. That's, pretty, that's some practical magic shit. And Ooh, the hit film starring Nicole okay. Kidman. And America's Sweetheart Sandra Bullock. There you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he says, I, I, I felt a sudden thrum of my own magic. Prepared months before, rise, raise into a rampart around my house. The curse pulsed again, somewhere outside, and hammered against the barrier, but my protection held. The malevolent energy shattered against it. Booyah, snake boy! Stick that in your scaly ass and smoke it! The action hero one-liner doesn't count if you mix metaphors. Looks like no hairy Dresden action figure for me. I mean... I really love their interactions. I love that she's just like, doesn't put up with the shit. Fantastic. And it's also, it's also like, I know they, they had a little bit of a different, like, like 
a little bit of a different relationship, but they were all constantly kind of joking and stuff before. It's like they haven't seen each other for like years. And it is kind of, it's, you do kind of naturally fall back into these things with someone that you're really close to. It's just kind of cool to see these two characters. Like there is the, there's the awkward moments and then they have the moments where it's just like, yeah, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. they're yesterday. They, they went to the vampire ball. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of cool to see throughout how he weaves it in a really natural fashion, kind of the back and the, the shit ever shifting nature of their relationship. And Mm -hmm. I, I've looked, looked into a lot more Dresden, uh, what do you call those where people talk about stuff boards sure boards but communication just what people think about it forums. and like forums yeah i just i'm a lot more of a harry, harry susan shipper than a lot of people are mm-hmm. um which is fine but i really like these interactions and it, it feels true to life you know and it's just a yeah. really they, they they have the, the the good and the bad of hanging out with somebody you used to really care about and, and spend a lot of time with is just kind of funny Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, so, but this interaction where she's giving him shit, I love it. It's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. We also need someone to give Harry shit more often in universe. Yes, can't just be Joshy and Lissy. But it's funny how one of the things she gives him shit for is the overly masculine bullshit. Oh yeah, she has her own yikes section in the Susan Harry Dresden podcast. Oh. <laughs> Friends with wizards, I love that. a Dresden podcast. <laughs> Oh, by goodness. Susan Rodriguez and Martin. Uh, bland Martin. Yeah. Martin Martin says like four words the whole podcast. Oh my gosh. I'd listen. <laughs> it would be my second favorite Dresden Files podcast list. <laughs> oh, good. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, anyway, so um, he, ta- he mentions her tattoos. The tattoos changed her, I decided. They changed the proportions and lines of her face. They lent her features a sort of exotic remoteness, an alien beauty. Thirsty, I asked. What'd you say? Exotic remoteness. I just like that turn of phrase. Yeah. Thirsty, I asked. She shot me a look of with a hint of frustration in it. Yes, she is. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't think. Mm. I love that. That was just my like. Gave me a giggle. Mm -hmm. Um, I know. Sorry, Coke. Yeah. And then we learned this is this is one of my like run of the mill. Oh my god, that makes so much sense. I limped to the ice box, which was going to need more ice before long. I didn't have the leftover energy to freeze the water by magic. That's how we because I was like, God, that must be such a pain in the ass. I was thinking about this last time we talked about the ice box. That must be such a pain in the ass having to get ice for the fucking ice box all the time. No, it's not. He uses his magic. Well, also the uh the brownies come and do it too. So he's just got to keep keep it up between brownie visits. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it so much. And this is where she realizes he's bleeding. And he says, isn't too bad. I'll clean it up in a minute. Susan's eyes never wavered, but they got darker. Her voice grew quieter. Do you need help? The tattoos in her face, face were lighter now. Not fainter, but changing in colors. I'm sorry, Harry. I'm sorry, but I can't, I'd better go. You can't, I said. You don't get it. I'll explain everything to you in a little while, in a little while I promise, but I have to leave. Um, n- no, you, you don't get it. You, you can't. Cannot. Literally. What? The defenses have I've put up have two sides. They don't have an off switch. We literally, physically, can't leave and 
till they go down. And not. And she says, crud, how long? I built them to run about eight hours. Sunrise is going to degrade it a little, bit, a little though. Maybe four hours, five at the most. Five hours, she said under breath. Oh, God. What's wrong? I've been, been using some of the power to be faster, stronger. If I'm calm, it doesn't get stirred up, but I haven't been calm. <laughs> it's built up inside of me. Water on a dam. It wants to break free. Get loose. What can I do to help? I don't know. Let me have some quiet. Try to relax. Get your leg cleaned up. I can smell it. It's distracting. <laughs> so he gets his first aid kit out and cleans up his uh, his injury. And he looked around in his closet at a couple of other things for a rainy day. I took one of the potions I'd brewed, the ones to counter the venom of the red coat, sorry, of the red court. <laughs> Fourth of July humor. And put it in my pocket. I missed my shield bracelet. I opened the door to the living room and Susan was standing six inches away with her eyes black with no white to them and the design on her skin flushed a dark maroon. I can still smell your blood. I think you need to find a way to hold me back, Harry. And you need to do it now. So we've talked in the past about his... kind of has like a like a mono bar, Like in a video game where he has a certain amount of magic he can do before he's just tapped out. Um, and he has to sleep to get his, his power back, basically. And this is kind of the situation here, where he got his ass beat, he used a lot of magic, and then he was held under freezing cold running water for a long time uh, by Nicodemus. So he doesn't really have any power to do a whole lot here beyond using the tools he's already started with, which is why we start with tools. He has some equipment he's, he's ready to use, but he says he, she's between him and the drawer. So he's got to talk to her and kind of calm her down. And she says, I don't want to talk. I don't want it to smell so good. Your blood, your fear, but it does. But we, we learn a little bit about the fellowship, which is the fellowship of St. Giles, who is the patron saint of lepers and other outcasts. And we find out that it is basically a whole group of half-turned Red Court vampires. And they work against and the Red... he's also the patron saint of Sunnydale. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. That's fair enough. Oh my goodness. Sorry. How oh my god, have, vampires! You have to watch Ted Lasso just because of how much of a dick Giles oh is god. in that show. Such a also, dick. And his name is Rupert, which is also great. Yes. Uh, when, I was first, when I first watched it, I was like, oh my god, his name's Rupert. Oh my goodness. For those struggling to keep track of we reference both of those pieces of media a lot, but Buffy the Vampire Slayer is my favorite television show of mm -hmm. all time. And Anthony Stewart Head, or Anthony Head, is the mentor figure, Rupert Giles, who's like this kind, fatherly, wonderful, beautiful soul. And then he's also Rupert Mannion, this piece of shit, philanderer, asshole, billionaire on Ted Lasso. <laughs> it's like he plays it with such a plum and it's like you you don't root for him, but I love Giles so much that seeing the same actor be such a piece mm -hmm. of shit is just such a delight. Oh, <laughs> 100%. There are certain actors you will watch them in anything. Absolutely. And he is one of them. I that saw a so video on on Facebook or something like that where he was doing the Tim Curry role in a sing-along version of Oh yes. Um 
Rocky Horror. Rocky Horror. And I was just like, oh my God, he's just amazing. He was in like full makeup. And I was just like, oh God, I love Anthony Stewart Ed. I really do. I will watch him in anything. (laughs) I need him with the Muppets. That's what I need. I need him in a Muppet movie. They were talking about doing a new Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The only t- the only one I would settle for is Giles as Gi- or Tony Head as Giles and yeah. Muppets as the rest of the characters. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. We're back. That'd be amazing. Every week we're going to propose a new Muppet. Movie. <laughs> yes, I think that's going to be our new bit. It's actually how we're going to make money. Although not <laughs> right now because support the writers. Yes. So we were, we will be doing no writing, even though we're not in a guild. No scabs. <laughs> I know they were working towards a settlement. They're going to win. Fuck AI. Fuck AI, man. Fuck, fuck mostly everything, but um, I digress. It's my first I digress in a couple weeks, I think. I don't think I said that last week. <laughs> I, I thought you already said it today. <laughs> Did I already? God damn it. Drink. All right. We're back. <laughs> so there's a. Uh, Sorry, I just did Giles. It, th- that was my first thought. Oh, he's patron saint of lepers and, and outcasts. Like Aww. the Scooby gang. Are the Scooby gang outcasts? I think they kind of are. That's fair. To some degree. She explains what the tattoos are all about. Basically, everyone in the Fellowship, who they're all, you know, part returned vampires, right? So the Fellowship carves this binding into their skin. And it, to us, it looks like a tattoo. And what it does is, it, as it changes colors, it's basically a warning system. When she's about to lose control, it gets bright red. Danger, danger, danger. And, you know, we saw the first night she was there and they had their little tussle. She was kind of facing away from him and doing her thing there. And now we see why she was doing that, right? Mm -hmm. And so she's clearly, like, on a knife's edge here. And she definitely needs to calm the fuck down. She needs to get away from Harry and she just can't do that here, which is obviously problematic. He asks if she trusts him, and she says, with my life, with my heart, which again is just sad. I just get so sad about (laughs) these two. I really like these two. And he goes and he gets what looks just like a thin rope, a silver and white short length of rope. And he says, give me your hands. And she says, that's that's not going to hold me. I said, well, I made it in case an ogre I pissed off came visiting. (laughs) Is that Grum? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> just but it could be, you know, it could be just just a, an ogre, you know, another ogre. He pisses off people all the time. That's really true with Harry. It's tough to say. But he does his spell, and she takes off her jacket, and she holds her hands out, and it loops itself around her, which is a fun trick if you can do it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I didn't think she'd break the ropes, but I'd underestimated people before. So he's sitting there saying, literally, I don't know if she's stronger than an ogre right now, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, she had been cut up a bit from falling out of the uh, falling, jumping, tumbling, rolling, intentionally diving out of the moving vehicle. So he goes to the bathroom to get, you know, to clean her up a little bit. And as he comes back, he's ready for it. But she flings herself at him, trying to bite his face off. But because he's ready, he says, Forzare! And he, you know, throws some force at the rope and basically locks her up to the ceiling with her arms above her head, kind of a turnabout from what we saw in 
Undertown a couple chapters ago, basically. And she said, I'm, I'm sorry, Harry, I can't stop. Which is like, again, just heartbreaking in its own way. You know, like she's uh-huh. being forced to try to destroy someone she loves and cares about, which sucks. She's Obviously. not being forced. It's her instinct to, which makes it even worse. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, being forced in that she doesn't want to do it, but she yeah. is doing it kind of thing. It's just yeah, like it, her internal self is drawing her to do that. It's just like, oh, that was, and it's just awful for her. Just brutal. Yeah, exactly. Get into a sex scene. Uh-huh. I think it's the easiest way to have this conversation with my sister <laughs> on the other end of <laughs> when a When a private investigator and his half-vampire girlfriend re- love each other very much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess the best way to get through this. I was just glad this was your chapter, not mine. <laughs> I was literally thinking that as I was going through. I was like, "Oh, I hope this is an even chapter." <laughs> I actually looked at the <laughs> looked at the phone to see what chapter it was reading. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> We're obviously very mature, you guys. Oh my god, it's so funny. Catholic, okay. <laughs> Seriously. Oh goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's it is it's it's really intriguing from a character standpoint of there is full and enthusiastic consent which is the most important thing you can have in a bedroom mm-hmm. but it's also she's tied up and also sort of wants to bite his face off the whole time um so it's an intriguing and interesting scene yes. <laughs> but it's also it's a throwback to molly saying that he she should he should tie her up yeah these are the good time handcuffs. Oh my goodness. So. I, I was like, oh my God, Molly was right. Oh my God, the 14 year old was right. Oh God, that's disgusting. So there were a lot of feelings going through it. Absolutely. There's a lot of, a lot of things going through this whole chapter here. Um, you know, it's, it is your classic kind of breakup sex kind of moment. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a fine scene. It's, it's not overly, porno or anything like that it's just um like i said not something we're gonna get super deep into on this particular podcast <laughs> but it's good stuff um you know the susan suzeri uh, rodriguez rod dresden oh come on give me a ship name here um rodren rodren there you go uh, for all you Rodren shippers out there, this was a great this was a great moment. I loved it. I'm glad to have that. I mean, I understand what's happening here far more than Harry. Clearly, as we get into the next chapter, but um, it is a nice little moment here, and um, we move forward. Okay. He says, um, "You know, she was so lovely. He, uh, like the way he he sla- he flipped his pillow over on his bed, so she's on the couch, which is interesting, gentlemanly." Um, he's, it's a good move out of boy, but she's tied up too. So it's that's like, true. I uh, know she's not anymore. He took the oh, rope off, okay. but he, he's, he went to sleep facing. He obviously doesn't want to sleep next to her. He thinks that's probably a bad idea, but so he reasonable is, but he's in his room and he flipped his, his pillow around so he can watch her as he goes to sleep. And he mm. said, you know, he watched her face graced by pale candlelight until his eyes closed. She was so lovely. I wished that she were with me. Pobrecito. And so he wakes up a little while later. She's doing some Tai Chi. And he asks, she asks him about the rope. And she said it 
a fairy make, has hair from a unicorn's mane woven through it. Really? That's what Fix said. I imagined he would, He knows. So we now learn how he got the uh, sucker that helped them have sex, I guess. Uh, <laughs> the good time um, Exactly. And she said, well, it would have to be, it would be handy to have around if the Denarians come back. And it's set to work at this place. Take it out of there and it won't work. So it's a, it's a location-based uh, enchantment. Which is, he's talked a lot about this in the past. And again, I love the speed bumps, basically, to Harry's power, right? Where he's mm-hmm. talked in the past about how expensive a real enchantment is. So you half enchant stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is another another way, just to make it so he doesn't get too overpowered too quickly, where there's there have to be checks on his power. And that's great. You know, if he had this rope, why doesn't he use this rope in every fight? You know, exactly. Like, he would win every fight, and that would be stupid. And so this is a way to make sure that he doesn't have easy outs. It's just clever world building. Yeah. And then, and, but it also, it's, it's the, the levels of power, mm-hmm. the levels of the ability to do it where fix obviously is a, is good at that shit. And he says, because I'm not that good yet, <laughs> takes, it's easy to make something that works at home. takes a lot more know-how than I have to make an enchantment on the road. I mean, that's reasonable. Oh yeah. It's cool. He's got different kinds of power, but like, we're again, learning that an, an enchantment is a more complicated kind of power. Yeah, doing magic that lasts clearly would take longer than the quick and dirty stuff he's used to, right? Or more power, could take more power, rather. Yeah, no, I, I dig it. Yes, and uh, so we learn, what happened after Martin, Martin took off from the hotel? I tried to get him to stop. He wouldn't. We fought about it. He put a gun in my face. He what? To be fair, I wasn't being very rational. Hell, <laughs> spells. Martin didn't want to want to, but I convinced him to go to Michael's place. I figured if anyone would help you get could help you get out of a mess with the Denarians, it would be him. Seems reasonable to me. What about Anna Valmont? She was in shock. Charity put her in bed. Did you call the police? I thought she might have known something that would help. We wouldn't be able to find out what it was if she was angry and locked away. What did Michael have to say about it? He wasn't there. Shiro was. Charity said Michael and someone named Sonia hadn't come back from St. Louis and hadn't called. That doesn't sound like him. I know. They were worried. Or Charity was. I don't think Shiro was worried at all. It was almost as though he'd been expecting all of it. He was still dressed in the samurai clothes, and he opened the front door before I could knock. Michael's done that kind of thing before. Fringe benefit as his job, maybe. God works in mysterious ways? Maybe so. Did Shiro say anything? He just told Martin to where to turn left or right and where to park. Then he told me to give him a two-minute lead. And to get ready to get you back in the car. He just smiled a little the whole time. It would have been spooky on anyone else. He seemed content. Maybe he just has a good had a good poker face. As he has a good poker face. I don't understand. I don't think he's dead. Not yet. He, he agreed to give himself over to the Donarians in exchange for letting me go. The head Denarian guy said his name is Nicodemus. He made Shiro promise not to fight back or escape for 24 hours. That doesn't sound good. Yeah, I figure they're arch enemies. When Shiro offered himself, Nicodemus looked like a kid on Christmas morning. We, we're, we're gradually going to get more information about Nicodemus here. Probably. So we learn, <laughs> we learn the barrier's going to go down in about 20 minutes, and we'll call the cab, pick up the, uh, pick up the beetle at McAnally's, and head to Michael's place. What if the Denarians are waiting outside for us? 
I picked up my blasting rod from the stand in the corner by the door, twirled it around in my fingers. They'll have to get their own cab. <laughs> I fucking love it. I really do. And yeah. so he says, I think we've got it. I think I've got an idea of what they're doing, but I can't be sure. Very sloppy of you. Didn't you get the megalomaniacal bragfest from this Nicodemus? He must have read that oh, evil overlord list. Sounds like someone who intends to get things done. He let a couple things slip, and I think we can get ahead of them. And then we learn a little bit about Susan's levels of awareness. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, their voices gave me a strong impression. Hero sounded like, I don't know, a trumpet, clear and strong. The other one, his voice stank. It was rotted, corrupt. So, you know, Harry's like, maybe it's something that vampires had done to her that changed her. Maybe it was her Tai Chi. Maybe it was just intuition. But I knew what she was talking about. There was a sense to Nicodemus of something quiet and still and dangerous. Of something patient and vile and malicious beyond the scope of mortal understanding. What I thought was interesting was kind of the mixed senses there. Like, sounds like a trumpet, and then it smelled bad. I just thought that was kind of a strange combination, if that makes sense. Like, you would think if you were hearing this voice in a certain way, you would hear Mm -hmm. that voice in a certain way, right? I just thought that was kind of notable. I don't really know what to take of it. I just, my brain thought, thought, ooh, interesting. Make words (laughs) about that, Josh. But there are a lot of, we're learning more and more about Susan and I really like how her character is developing. I really, really do. Definitely. Definitely. And then she says that the one bad thing about the duster, I could never see her butt. I never noticed. If you went around noticing your own ass, ha- ass, I'd worry about you, Harry. It's just cute. I mean, I really do enjoy her. They have this awkward kind of interaction about having sex the, ni- sex the night before. Shouldn't have happened. It doesn't change anything i finished i sounded bitter even to me right i said i should have stuck to shop talk i opened the door and looked outside cab's here let's get to work let's get to work he grabs his he grabs his staff blasting rod and shiro's cane and made a note to myself to get a freaking golf bag i love that which is great because it's practical and also that's what morgan does with his sword (laughs) oh that's right (laughs) that's spectacular there's a onion article where it's like the worst person you know makes a great point. <laughs> yes. That situation right here. A hundred percent. Oh, it's the so worst funny. when someone you hate says something on point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> exactly. They make it back to McAnally's and the Blue Beetle's still in the lot. It hadn't been stolen, vaporized, or otherwise mishandled. <laughs> which is actually pretty impressive because there's no back window. Yeah. <laughs> So broke broken windows phenomenon here and just proven wrong, I guess. <laughs> so he tells her that they, uh, what happened to the back of the window that, you know, the goon shot at him at Larry Fowler. You went on Larry Fowler again. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> this whole exchange is great. The, uh, uh-huh. What about the hood? Little holes are from Marcone's thug. Big dent was a chlorophene. A what? Plant monster. Oh, why don't you just say plant monster? God, I love. Cars. I have my pride. You, your poor car. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's it's just so entertaining. Truly, truly. Really. 
truly. Again, their their back and forth is just so natural and so fun. Yeah. And so enjoyable. Um it's like him and Bob. Again. What'd you call it? R- Rod Drez? Drez Rod? Rodren. 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 Sorry. <laughs> Gotta write that down, Joshy. I really do. Um, that's gonna be the big title this week. You need to have like a whiteboard with uh, special terms and strings. Yes, <laughs> yes, I love it. I do have one of those scratch off maps um, of the world mm-hmm. where, where I scratch off whenever we get a new country, which is kind of cool. Very cool. They get to the carpenter home, and Harry is being dumb to Father Forthill, who <laughs> politely doesn't say anything about it. <laughs> He introduces Susan, who Father Forthill knows by reputation. As they come in, Forthill sets a Louisville Slugger baseball bat down in the corner. So Harry, monkey see, monkey do, puts all his all his accoutrement down in the corner as well. We find out that Charity has taken the kids to Grandma's house, over the river and through the woods. Anna Valmont is upstairs in the guest room sleeping. And Susan's got to go make the most boring phone call in Dresden Files history. <laughs> to go talk to Martin. Um, Fort Hill offers him coffee and a donut, and he says, Father, you've never been closer to converting me. <laughs> I love that. Saving souls one Danish at a time. I also do love, though, that Father Fort Hill points out his how he uh, always has a sense of humor when shit's going to hell. Yeah. I mean, it has to be like, obnoxious only hanging out with michael in these situations oh my god oh, yes always <laughs> serious like bro who we love so we're clear i love michael to yes, death yes but it's got to be a breath of fresh air for harry to show up for fort hill because <laughs> fort hill seems to be michael's kind of handler yeah or at least some sort because he knows what's up more than your average presumably i haven't spoken to that many priests lately i guess but he knows what's up more than your average priest and so he and he's always around the Carpenter household. So clearly he has a little bit more connection, whether it's just friendly or more professional. He's around this type of stuff enough that it really has to be great for Harry to like for someone to crack a joke. Yeah. Once in a while. yeah. So the two waylaid knights are back on the road. They're a couple hours out of Chicago or he talked to him a couple hours out. And they should be just a few moments away from Chicago. Like that, Harry uh, gave Four Hill the, the short version all about the art auction and the denarians, but he lighted over the details afterwards, which was none of his chaste business. <laughs> which, which I would have been embarrassed to tell as someone who was embarrassed to have a conversation about that chapter. I agree with Harry. <laughs> oh goodness, Harry tells him that it was Nicodemus, and Fort Hill gets very gets very intense about it. Mm-hmm. He wants to confirm that you're positive he said Nicodemus and we learn a lot about the character of Nicodemus. Yes. The rope around his neck that was tied in a noose was apparently the one used by uh, Judas shortly after he sang uh, heaven on their minds, (laughs) too much heaven on their minds over a Canyon. And he, every he's killed Hundred of hundreds of knights and thousands of priests, priests and nuns and human beings, and he's generally not a good dude. And I like, although there's an interesting issue with this, and I wonder if you caught it as hmm. well, especially because the word he used uh, kind of popped, where he said, "Those are only the ones that we've listed in the pages recovered from the destroyed archives." Every couple hundred years, he goes and destroys, destroys the archives. Hmm. 
Did you catch why that might be a problem in universe? That the archives are destroyed? Yeah. Why it's a problem as far as that being a problem. Because we have a living record of everything written down. What do you mean? Uh, Ivy. Oh, interesting. I didn't even think about that. I just thought that they had their own records. Kind of like the Catholic Church has their own records versus, you know, everybody has their own records. Oh, they do. That is what he's ta- that is what he's talking about. But their records are but, gone. But Ivy still knows. Yeah, the, the, the archive is the archive. I am the archive, and it seems like just kind of. I, don't know, I mean, it seems like just kind of a, a mistake, basically. Mm-hmm. But it but it I could also be that they're running in different circles. Does Father Fort Hill know about the archive? Yeah, that's fair. Well, I mean, does the Vatican? Yeah, right? or does somebody is she officially up recognized? Yeah. Because obviously, that's a really he, good anyone, point, though. I didn't catch that. Yeah, anyone who, that's why the reason I said it is like because it says the destroyed archives. It's like mm-hmm. that's why I thought I made the connection. I was like, wait a minute. Wow. Um, good, good catch. But only two knights have ever faced him and survived, and Shiro's one of them. Mm-hmm. Ford Hill say, said that he may have he may have walked the earth when the Savior was crucified. And Harry says, didn't look a day over five hundred. <laughs> so so dumb, and I love it. Um, how come some knight hasn't gone and parted his hair for him? They've tried. He's gotten away. He's killed them. He's killed all of them. Again, we've seen how badass this old man knight is. We've seen how badass Michael is. Mm -hmm. And every single one of them, except for two in the history of the knights has not come back from that battle, which is certainly, you know, intentionally and successfully terrifying. A hundred percent. So Harry says that he's going to go to the underground if he has to, or the underworld, rather, if he has to, to find answers. You know, he can hit up a uh, demon, John Zagaroth, or something of that sort, you know, that we've seen in the past. And he goes up to talk to Anna Valmont. And I don't know if you're going to believe this, Liz, but a woman gets one over on Harry. Shit. Hey, first time for everything. He goes up. They do have a pleasant little chat, but she does a little stumble and bump where she acts like her ankle. Oh, my yeg, my poor and she goes and takes the keys out of his pocket. And she says, let me just take a shower and I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you with whatever you want because I owe you my life. And so he is just satisfied with that, goes downstairs. Harry then calls Father Vincent just to check in. And they set up a meet time for a little bit later. He tells Father Vincent that she's going to cooperate. And he says, um, he's like, I'll go check on her. And he gets almost all the way across back in the house and across the living room before he hears a car door close and the blue beetle dips. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Uh, Susan says, Harry, you idiot. You're a good man, but an idiot where women are concerned. Mm-hmm. She knows firsthand. Yes. First my coat, now my car. That's freaking gratitude for you. No good deed goes unpunished. Fact. Are you laughing at me? No. <laughs> You are laughing at my pain. She was, in fact, laughing at him. <laughs> she was absolutely laughing at him. And uh, he gets back out to Father Fort Hill and says, give me something to break or hit really hard. <laughs> <laughs> and as Fort Hill's getting some hammering on, his shirt sleeve kind of comes up and we see a pair of green lines. And this old priest has a tattoo. Tat it up. I don't want a priest with a full-on <laughs> sleeve uh, now that I think of it. But uh, 
And it's an eye of both. Both. The same tattoo we saw on the plague corpse mm-hmm. way back when. And Harry gets him to tell him what it means. And it is an oh fuck moment. It, it is, absolutely. But it takes a second where he explains that he and some of his buddies basically took down a vamp back when they were kids and then got drunk celebrating, decided to get matching tattoos. As you do. As you do. I mean, if, I, if we kill the vampire, let's see, we're getting tattoos. With the guys you went to seminary with? <laughs> well, I was going to say you and me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But obviously. Sh- but sure. <laughs> um, find some weird seminarians. We'll also, also get it with them. So, they all got the eye of both. They never really ran into anything again. And they went their own separate ways. But one of the important things that we see here is that everyone except for Father Vincent mm-hmm. is dead. Mm-hmm. And with Father Vincent, he hadn't heard from him until a few weeks ago when he was coming to town. Gatch. But there's, if everyone is dead, <laughs> and definitionally one person is not, um, there's something to think about because we've seen, we've seen this exact tattoo in this exact spot. So Harry starts clunking things together in his brain and he starts walking to the door. And I like the, uh, the three beat of Father Forthill followed him. Harry? Mm-hmm. I walked past Susan, who set her paper aside and stood up to follow me. Harry? I jerked open the front door. The engine of Michael's white pickup rattled to a halt. Michael blinked at him and asked, Harry? <laughs> mm-hmm. I just saw a woman driving your car towards the highway. What's going on? Get anything you need for a fight. We're going. This is a uh, rollout moment. Transform and roll out. Heck yeah. And so they go to the meeting place and Time out. I'm, I'm assuming I just put it together that you were probably referencing some adult like musical song. And, no, no, I was actually thinking do. I was going to say Autobots roll out, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so we did just do transform. Yes, okay. we did. Carry we on. did. We did. I was going to say Autobots, <laughs> but I was like, it was, it could be regulators roll out, but I always go to Autobots. Yeah, no, my my brain went immediately to transform oh, yeah. and roll out. Yeah, yeah, Autobots roll out. Um, I say that one of, one of my all the time. Too. One of my parents yesterday was said something about how like oh we, we're gonna need a lot, um, we're gonna need a lot of luck to win this fight or something. And I looked for the actually looked for the gift whether or not they were gonna get it. And I was like a lot of luck to win a game, and my brain immediately went to all we need now is a little bit of energon and a lot of luck from the tra- the Transformers the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, but I couldn't find couldn't find the oh, gift. That's <laughs> tragical. I do love a good. I do love a good uh, reference to uh, cartoons from our childhood. Absolutely, I frequently say "bub," and also the fact that in that movie there's a holy shit, like in, a, in the middle of a kids movie, there's just one like holy shit. What are we gonna do? It's like what? Did they not <laughs> so out of place. Notice that <laughs> so out of place. I love. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a horrifying movie with lots of important deaths and stuff. Yeah, a lot of things happen. R.I.P. Alrighty. So they uh, show up at the meeting place at the hotel motel and Harry kicks the door in and hits Father Vincent in the face. 
He says, I came into the room with my with Father Forthill's Louisville Slugger in my hands and jabbed the broad end of the bat into the priest's throat. Sorry, into Vincent's throat. The old priest made a sick croaking sound and clutched at his neck on the way to the floor. I didn't let it stop there. I kicked him in the ribs twice, and when he rolled over trying to get away from me, I stomped down on the back of his neck, drew my gun, and shouted it and shoved it against his skull. Deal! Vincent whimpered, panting, Deal, wait! Please don't hurt me! I don't have time to play pretend. Drop the act. Please, Mr. Dresden, I don't know what you mean, he coughed. Panting, and I saw droplets of scarlet dripping onto the carpet. I'd bloodied his nose, or maybe his lip. He turned his head a tiny bit, eyes wide with panic. Please, don't do anything to me! I don't know what you want, but I'm sure we can talk about it. I'm sure we can't. No, wait! I'm tired of playing pretend. Three? But I don't know. You have to tell me two. I'm not going to elaborate about the other number. (laughs) You can't! You can't! One, I said and pulled the trigger. In the instant between the word and the deed, Vincent changed. A sheath of green scales appeared over his skin, and his legs twined together into a serpent's long and sinuous body. The eyes went last, changing to vertically slit yellow orbs, while a second set of glowing green eyes opened above the first. The trigger came down on an empty chamber. Click. Well then, boom! The snake twisted to bite me, and I was already getting out of the way. Michael came through the door, his unshaven face set in grim determination. Amaranchius blazing with its own white light. The snake man whirled to fix Michael with the hiss. Michael tried for a clean horizontal cut, but the snake man dipped under it and went went for the door in a streak of gleaming scales. And then Sonya to the rescue. He brings a two by six down right on the dude's head. Boom! Don't fuck with these guys. Um, And Harry says, better get him back inside before some maid sees him. (laughs) And they get him in and uh, Snake Man wakes up and says, what what did I miss? A tattoo. Father Vincent had a tattoo on the inside of his right arm. There was no tattoo. Maybe it was covered with all the blood. You made a stupid mistake. It's understandable. Most criminals aren't all that bright, so you were working uphill from the get-go. And they, uh, Sanya and Michael intimidate them, him with their magic swords. What do you want? To talk. See, the way it works is that I ask you questions, you answer them. As long as you don't, sorry, as long as you do, we'll all be happy. And if I don't, I get a new pair of boots. (laughs) (laughs) And he says Nicodemus was indulging his little bitch. I think it's sweet to see a father and daughter doing things together. (laughs) (laughs) And we find out that it's it's, uh, Snake Man who killed Gaston. And then he found out that Vatican was sending Father Vincent. And so he killed Father Vincent. He said, you grabbed poor Father Vincent at the airport. You took his place. Any infant can reason as much. Here's where it gets interesting. Because you decided to hire me. Why? Why do you think? To keep cabs on the nights? Or to distract them by making them try to keep me out of the search? Or maybe you you thought I could really turn up the shroud for you. 
Probably all three. No sense doing things for one reason when you can fit a few ulterior motives in for free. You even gave me a sample of the shroud to make it more likely I'd find it. That's where I started seeing something wrong. I talked to Hit Marcone about his new thug gunning for me, and he blinked. I don't know what you're talking about. Marcone was the buyer. Amorto. Nothing more. But was he? Sorry, crackpot theory coming out. Uh, yeah, well, the mortal figured out that Father Vincent had been replaced, and he sent an assassin to kill you. The new guy wasn't shooting out at me outside of Fowler's studio. He was after you. Impossible. Pride, go with legs. Marconi wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> um. See, Nicodemus didn't let much drop either. For real. Other than that, he was on a deadline and he needed someone savvy to the, to the supernatural. His daughter did, though. She asked if he didn't want a silver bowl. That's a silver ceremonial bowl, and if I was guessing, I'd say it was meant to be used to catch lifeblood. Fuel a, fuel a ritual. I think Father Vincent was a warm-up. A test for the ritual. I think he came over here with two samples from the Shroud and you used one of them as a focus for the plague curse that killed him. Once you knew it would work, you went after the Shroud itself. You know nothing, wizard. You are pathetic. You're hurting my feelings. Don't <laughs> don't make me get the baseball bat. And so, you know, Nicodemus, he talks about Nicodemus covering his tracks by burning down the building. He set things up. And... Why not make this a comparatively pleasant discussion and tell me all about it? Do you think to frighten me, wizard? I was destroying men more powerful than you before this pathetic nation was born. Where's Nicodemus, and what is he doing with the Shroud? I'll give you a hint. It's got something to do with the plague curse. I have served Nicodemus since, since my last dental appointment. I get it. But let me point something out to you. Nicodemus isn't here. These gentlemen are very much here and very much angry. And then the denarian starts clawing at the sigil on his forehead and becomes a man. Five feet and a little change, not more than 150, average height, several centuries ago. My name is Quintus Cassius, and I have long been a slave to the will of the demon of Salurel. I beg you for mercy and the change to mend my and the chance to mend my ways. How can I ever thank you, Sir Knight, for saving me from that torment? Motherfucker. That was a great, He's, that was a great reading of that. What? Just the like him saying it, but oh, also yeah. being bored and making fun of you as you're he's saying 100%. it to you, kind of thing. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly how I, yeah. it was yeah that was just great oh thank you so much he's dear saying what he for has saving to say. me like and with his one half snake hand he's doing a jerk off motion you know and sonia and michael put their swords away uh guys what the hell are you doing dangerous demon murderer here remember harry we can't not if he surrendered the coin and asked mercy. What? That's stupid. <laughs> of course it is, Cassius said. They know that I'm not 
sincere. They know I will turn on them at the first opportunity that I will obtain one of the other coins and return to what I have done for centuries. Michael, if you turn your cheek on this bastard... Sorry. Michael, if you turn the other cheek on this bastard, he'll tear it off your face. You're supposed to be the freaking fist of God. And Michael says the knights are here to protect freedom. To to give those who are under the oppression of dark forces the chance to win free of them. You cannot sit in judgment on this man's soul, Harry Dresden. Not for you. Not or I cannot sit in judgment on this man's soul, Harry Dresden. Not for you, not for anyone. All I can do is remain faithful to my calling, give him the chance to see hope for his future, to show him the love and compassion any human being should show another. The rest is out of my hands. Do you really think this thing is going to start sipping on the milk of human kindness? I love it. Harry's like, the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? But he says, all, all power has its limits, Harry. This is the limit of mine. And he tries to push Michael, and Michael puts him in a hold. Uh, and Michael is don't fuck with yeah, Michael. Michael is don't fuck with furious. Me. But my choices are measured against my own souls, not against the stains on theirs. It is not for me to judge his soul, no matter how much I might want to. Which is similar, I mean, not, obviously this is more about judging souls, but it's similar energy to what Charity said. Yes. Earlier 100%. in the novel, right? Like, you can see how their, their worldviews kind yeah. of click. And it's very deep. It's very, it's very complete. Mm-hmm. And Harry asks, which of them has ever turned away from their coins? And Sonia says, I did. Raider. I was less experienced, foolish, proud. I did not set out to be a monster, but that much power corrupts. Shiro faced the fallen I had allowed in. He exposed its lies, and I made a better choice. Traitor, Cassia says. We handed you the world, power, glory, everything you could have wanted. What I wanted, you could never give me. I had to find it yourself, myself. And then he asked Cassius to leave. Let them help him. And Cassius says, I will eat your eyes. We can't leave him here. He'll shoot us in the back. He'll try to kill us. Maybe, Michael said. He, he then recognizes himself in this situation. He wanted to be angry with them, but he couldn't. He says, I'm only human. I've flirted with the dark powers before, made stupid deals, bad choices. I'd been given a chance to work free of them, or I'd have been dead a long time ago. So he understands it. He didn't like it, but he really couldn't gainsay it without making a hypocrite of himself. There, but for the lack of a demon-infested coin, went I. <laughs> and Cassius tells him to run along. Michael says, let's get out of here. The police aren't going to do anything. And as they're walking out, 
Fools, Cassius murmured. Weak fools. Harry picks up the bat to walk out and says, you're wrong. Weak. The old man was screaming after only an hour, you know. Nicodemus started with his back, lashed him with chains, then Deidre played with him. Deidre likes to break fingers and toes. I wish I'd been able to stay longer. I only got to pull out his toenails. The woman, the fellowship woman, is she yours? She bled prettily, didn't she? The next time I catch her, you won't be there to destroy my con disrupt my conjuration. I'll let the snakes eat her. Bite by bite. But there is mercy for me, is there not? Forgiveness? Indeed, God is great. People like you always mistake compassion for weakness. Michael and Sonia aren't weak. Fortunately for you, they're good men. Cassius laughed at me. Unfortunately for you, I'm not. And he kneecaps the motherfucker right there. He's beating the fuck out of him with the baseball bat. He kicks him in the mouth, stomps his right forearm, crushes his hand with another dozen swings, and he says, listen to me. You are a worthless piece of shit. You aren't a victim. You choose to be one of them. You've been serving dark forces your whole life. Freddie Mercury would say, Beelzebub has a devil put aside for you. What do you think you're doing? You can't. You won't. The knights are good men. I'm not. And I won't lose a second's sleep over killing you. Where is Nicodemus? That's hell. Please don't. Where? I don't know. He didn't tell me. Meeting him tonight. Was going to meet him. Eight. Meet him where? Airport. I don't know exactly where. What is he doing? The curse. He's going to unleash the curse to use the shroud. The old man's blood. He has to be moving when he comes to, when he completes the ritual. Why? Curse is a contention. Can't. How do you spell that word? Contagion. Contagion. Oh my goodness. Sorry. Curse is a contagion. He has to spread it and make it. As far as he can. More exposure to it. Make himself stronger. Ah, apocalypse. Just so we're clear, you asked me how to spell that did word. I spell and I, <laughs> you did. And I, but I also answered the question that in my brain, that your brain meant and my brain understood. Brains know each other very, very well. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, and on. so Harry sla- <laughs> smashes the motel's bone crushes his cell phone and drops a quarter on the floor next to him. There is a payphone on the other side of the parking lot past a patch of broken glass. You'd better get yourself an ambulance. If I see you again, ever, I'll kill you. So they go out and he says to Michael, it had to be done. He's alive. It's more than he deserves. Perhaps, Michael says. But what you did, Harry, it was wrong. And then he says, think God will forgive me. God is always merciful. What you did for him was actually quite generous, Sonia says. Relatively speaking, he might be hurt, but he is, after all, alive. He'll have a nice, long while to reconsider his choices. Uh Uh-huh. I'm a giver. Did it for his own good. Good intentions. Good intentions. Who are we to judge you? Did you see the snake's face right when Harry turned with the bat? <laughs> and they talk about the duel. 
Harry, are you sure you don't want me to leave it to me? You've already got something on your plate. I can handle things. I'll meet you at the airport afterward and help you find Shiro. If you live. Yes, thank you, Comrade Obvious. <laughs> Was that the quarter you gave Cassius? Yeah. For the phone? Yeah. Phone calls cost more than that now. Yeah, I know. Sonia and Michael burst out laughing. Michael pondered the steering wheel. I didn't join them, but I enjoyed their laughter while I could. The February sun was already sinking fast towards the horizon. That's a good chapter. Oh, it's great. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Good stuff. All right. Ice. Um, good things. Good stuff. Any uh, broad general thoughts besides good stuff because that's pretty much my main thought love the good cop bad cop shit the bad cop worst cop well but no but um no, I know. you know like it was I good cop bad cop stuff and it was just it was really like i loved the you know the um conflict of faith mm-hmm. a very very accurate for the, the the portrayal of michael that we've had it truly truly is and yeah, no, I definitely I want to talk more about that interaction for sure in a bit, um, because it's it's like everything else in the entire history of this series. It's it's there. There's some good layers to yeah. it for sure. But I also really enjoyed how we. How we the the story is being unraveled. Mm-hmm. With Father Fort Hill and how it was an aha moment. But it was an aha moment, not because he failed to see things, but because additional information was given. And I liked that where it wasn't just like, oh, I'm putting all the puzzle pieces together. He was missing a significant puzzle piece. Yeah. And it's great because it is like a puzzle in that all the pieces are in different places, mm-hmm. too. It's not like you get one big exposition dump here. You know, that, hunt. <laughs> yeah, like that was obviously a big, big moment of that, you know, figuring, putting it together. but the ability to like, you know, get a little info here, a little info yeah. from Deirdre, a little info here and kind of piece it all together. It's kind of cool. Like how a, a good detective and mystery story should be, mm-hmm. which Very I like. Much so. Um, uh, the stuff with Susan early on, you know, just, you see more of her transformation into an action hero yeah. with the uh, grenades, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about the, the, they're seen at the house, which is, we're like, we're not like Purit- Puritans, just so we're clear here. We're just having fun with it. Yes. But um, obviously, I don't want to get super in-depth breaking down a sex scene with my yeah. sister on a podcast. Yeah. But but it's not Appreciate that we don't. It. We're not like ridiculous. No. Just, you know, come on. Um, but again, it was more that from a character standpoint, that was that was a great, you know, great moment. And then that one really quick line the next morning where he says, Susan, she's like, don't. He's like, about last night. It should have happened. You know, like, very much like, What's, what the fuck do you think, Harry? Like, yeah. But I think it was also important for him to hear. Yes, you know, very like, much so. That's a very good, to, that's a very good point. Yeah, just to help him move on. Because he doesn't you, move you on need, very well. You need, me and Harry are nothing alike. You, you, you need to hear these things over yeah. and over, and it was good. What was that? That was it. The stuff with Anna Valmont. Any thoughts? Um, just 
funny. True to form. Mm-hmm. She's very true to form. And I really like that that he keeps that consistency throughout. <laughs> like it's it's totally and completely consistent. Like I hate I really it like- when the bad guy, you know, suddenly has a change of heart and all that crap. But she's true to form. Yeah. She's out. Well, she's still looking out for number one. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I really liked when Fort Hill's like, you think she's going to help, huh? It's it's, it's the only, it's the only thing you could do in this situation. Right. And he like, just looks at him like, "Mm." Harry, Harry, Harry. I'll go check check on her. Yeah. I loved that though. I thought it was fantastic because it was, it was appropriate. Mm -hmm. It truly, truly was. The uh, the Harry, Harry, Harry. Well, I just thought it was yes. a funny way to end that chapter yes. as well. <laughs> so I did want to talk a little bit about the the motel room. Uh-huh. I I do love how Harry's always called him a fist of God mm-hmm. and stuff like he that. He refers that, to that in the conversation with the uh, Fort Hill too. Yeah, and it's it's just as much a misunderstanding of their role as when people call them Knights of the Sword. Yeah. Right? Like, like that's that's not the most important part of their role. That's not what they do. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not there to fight Denarians. They're there to save the people the Denarians have. Yes. Attacked, basically. Yeah. Um, and it's... I love Michael's description of it all. Because they're, mm-hmm. they're sword-wielding wielding, um, saviors. Of the broken, of the of the weak, you know that's the thing. They're not there to to destroy, even though the sword is a symbol of destruction. Yeah, which is why that's such a common misnomer, yes. right? People see them with a the big, old, fancy magic sword, and they think that's what they're about. Exactly. Whereas they're yeah, he, yes, they're the messengers of God. They're not the fist of God. Yeah, and there was it was way back in grave peril mm-hmm. when they're getting where they're getting ready to go into the party and he's putting on his cape i, I want to say that's when it is but it's something like that but when harry says like do you really need the cape and he said yeah that's this is a part of what i do as much as the sword yes which you see play out in live action here very which much so. kind of cool but he's dropped the so- um, he's dropped the uh cloak oh he doesn't have the cloak yeah you know? they don't mention it um, they well, never mentioned it yeah that's true that's funny um, just an observation no, no, that's funny because I was like, it was a very like profound point I was making, yeah. and then you just like stomped it all over it. Sorry, uh, my bad. Not no, you, no, it wasn't your bad at all. Um, it was a good observation. It's just funny. What I really wanted to talk about, a, I love Sonya throughout the whole. I thing. do too. Um, remember you asked earlier in this novel, someone called him a traitor, and you were rightly picked up mm-hmm. on it, and we're talking about it. Um, and that's what that was. Yeah, right. Where that's you, huge. That's really cool. Oh yeah, he used to be carrying around he's, a fallen. He's a angel. true convert. Yeah, absolutely. Except for religion. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, he's a convert as the the knight of the knight of the cross. Yeah, but it's just he. Uh, we find out later that um, Magog is his uh, was his creature, okay. which is weird because all the other angels are El. Yeah. Um, or I.L. Oh, at least the ones we've Michael. come across. Well, but Michael, Raphael, 
Oh yeah. And Doria and Doriel, um, Ursiel. Yeah. Saluriel. And I think that's a, uh, it means like of God or something like that. So I don't know why Magog is just Magog, but either way, but when we were talking about, he ha- literally held a coin of a fallen angel and then an archangel, Michael gave him a magic sword. Yeah. <laughs> even at, that's even more to how ridiculous it is that he's, that he's still agnostic. agnostic. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I guess you could say I'm agnostic. I know. Um, cause he also is a self-described atheist. Yes. I love, I mean, he's just a great character though. He truly, truly is. He's so good. Um, we, and we I, 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 I 100% buy him mm-hmm. laughing at the end of the oh, yeah. chapter. Michael, not so much. Yeah. That's what, what do you think of Michael, Michael's reaction to the end of this? Yeah. I don't, I don't think he would laugh. I think he might chuckle and shake his head. I don't think he'd laugh enough and, and bang on the steering wheel. I can see yeah. I can see Sonya doing that. Yeah, no, I can see Sonya losing it. And my father And Michael just Michael, looking at him and kind of like chuckling and shaking his head. Yeah, like I, I'm not laughing at this. I'm not laughing yes. at this. I'm not laughing at this. Um that was my first thought and really my seventh thought and my nineteenth thought. <laughs> and now kind of just hearing you go through it, I'm just trying to like think about It's know, an odd moment my, for him. It's odd, and his like, did you did you see the snake's face? Yeah. Um, but and he maybe we're we humanizing know, him a little. I don't know. Yeah, that's my thought. Is like maybe you and me think of him as as overly perfect. Yeah, and like because he's fucking pissed. He knows. He knows what this guy's doing. Yeah. Like he knows exactly what this guy's doing. Yeah. To the extent where he ends up, you know almost ripping Harry's arm off because he's fucking pissed. And so I can see him as a human being thinking like, Oh, fuck this guy so much. But I think also, I mean, maybe we just see him through Harry's eyes and we are influenced by Harry's opinion that he is perfect. Yeah, no, for sure. That's part of what it is. Um, yeah, well, I, I think, like you're saying there, is that he's what Harry wishes he could yeah. be. I think. And it's, maybe it's just his human side, and he's kind of, because all was forgiven when he asked if God would be forgiving of him, if God would forgive him, when Harry asked that. Yeah, God is always merciful. Exactly. And that was the, I mean, I know for Harry it was kind of a ploy. But it was. I think it also meant a lot to Michael. Yeah, no, for sure. And and I, I still think it's off as far as Michael's characterization. I don't think it's right. Mm-hmm. But kind of based on the moment, and like he is still a human, and he just got taken advantage of. Yeah, openly and clearly, and in front of his friends, and like in a moment where I can see him being in this ballpark. I don't, I, I, the banging on the steering wheel, laughing and like, you know, obviously like we've discussed, I don't think is right there, Not but quite I can see him be, yeah, I can see him being in this ballpark now and I kind of working through it. I'm, I'm, I'm better with it now mm. than I was before, before initially I thought it was a little uncomfortable. Yeah. And I still do. It's just, I've always thought that like, uh, like Sonya's reaction is perfect and exactly how Sonya would react. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I can, you know, Michael saying phone calls cost more than that now, you know, like I can see him like, I'm close. I'm getting close to understanding it and appreciating it. The snake 
remark I think is almost harder just because like you're inflicting pain and suffering. Like mm-hmm. that's why, that's why we're mad at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I just wanted to bring it up and kind of get your thoughts on it because it's not the end of the world. It's not atrocious. It's just kind of like a little bit of a, a little un- awkward. Yeah. It, it, it's uncomfortable for me to see this, this side of Michael and maybe, maybe it's supposed to be, maybe it's supposed to show that he's not, he's still human. Yeah. You know, that, that could very well be. That is the intention. Or, um, you know, but it definitely, that he and Sonya have been going through some shit for the last couple of days and they just need that's to That's very true. Because, I mean, they have been going 100%. through some shit. 100%. No, I like that a lot. But, yeah. But, I mean, I mean, all in all, though, it's it's a great, it's a great chapter. It really is. Michael and Sonya can stick to their guns or their swords. And Harry can get a little bit of vengeance and can make get his point across. In mm-hmm. that final scene. For sure. Oh, vengeance. Vengeance is mine. I am vengeance. Did you see the Batman? Yes. The Bat Pats. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. It was like really long, but it didn't yeah. drag, I didn't think. No, it was, and it was, I think it was well done. Yeah. I like, uh, yeah, that kind of like, phase in bat- batmaning we don't see a lot i mean batman begins is sort of that but like this is like he's been doing it for a while and he's still a fucking psychopath because obviously and i also love that the only way a billionaire could help clean up the city is to put on a costume costume <laughs> 10 billion dollars solves most of the poverty <laughs> right um, a billion dollars would solve all the poverty in in Gotham, at least in Gotham. Direct, directly, you could so- certainly solve a good chunk of it. How's that? Exactly. Um, good point. Not talking, not talking fairy tales here. Either way, I am vengeance. It's Lissy's fault. Blame Lissa mm-hmm. for bringing these things up. Um, beyond that, yikes! You got anything on the yikes front? I think I have an idea. Um, do I? No, I think, I, I mean, I, I fucking love Susan in this, in these chapters. She really is. She, I love how she called this bullshit out. I mean, the yikes, there is, I mean, it is part of, partially a plot device, but it is also very accurate for her character is Anna Valmont stealing the keys and playing the damsel in distress, but it's just a ploy and Harry fucking falls yeah. for it. <laughs> Cause of course he does. Yeah. I mean, the stuff in the car where he's like, uh, she called us my lap, you know, my eyes agreed with my lap wholeheartedly. It's not terrible. It's, no, it's, it's not. It's just, but it's, it's, you know, it's just, he's like, oh, pretty yeah. lady. Somebody yeah. needs to get laid. And he got laid. So there you go. Exactly. It all works out in the end, I guess. It all comes out in the wash. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love Susan calling him out. Like, I, cause I'm like, Susan is my spirit animal, man. Like for real. She didn't trust anybody at the beginning. <laughs> I, uh, I'm totally Team Susan. Rostrin. That's quote time. I only have three, six, seven this week. Eight. (laughs) That's it? Wow. Most of them are seven. No, seven, because one of them is a split up on a page. Okay. What, uh, which of the seven are we going to start with? (laughs) What if the denarians are waiting outside for us? I picked up my blasting rod from the stand of the corner by the door and twirled it around my fingers. 
they'll have to find their own cab. <laughs> Excuse me while I scratch one out here. Yeah, so and I'm so entertained by that. Oh, so good, so good. Let's see. Oh, thank you, 007. But no one is going. No one bombs a Volkswagen. They're too cute. <laughs> Sod works in mysterious ways. That one's really good. And, and then I punched the door frame in sheer frustration. I didn't punch it very hard. I was angry. I need to break my own knuckles. <laughs> and the last one was thank you, comrade. Obvious. Because I mean, come on. Yeah. Oh, it was very good. One of the, one of the kids on our uh, sixteen U teams was mm-hmm. not my team, but I've coached. I coached him for a long time. He, he uh, was out with a hand injury for six weeks or so mm-hmm. because he punched a tree. Ah. And I hadn't seen him in forever, so I saw him. I was like, "Hey, you should have seen the tree, though, right?" <laughs> he was just like, "Yeah, I was. It was not smart." Oh um, my goodness! But he fucked up that tree. Is all I know. I'm sure he did. I'm sure, I'm sure he the, did. the tree's gonna. The tree's gonna a, remember. A 15 year old totally fucked up that tree. About the tree remembering the axe or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> such a nice young boy, but I love it. I've punched a fair few inanimate objects in my day very cleverly i am so, not i'm a lover not a fighter <laughs> i also have no upper body strength let's be honest like <laughs> for real for real um so i had a couple the uh sod works mysterious ways was on here mm-hmm. <laughs> i really liked the See, the way it works is I ask you questions. You answer them. As long as you do, we'll all be happy. Mm. And if I don't, I get a new pair of boots. <laughs> I love that. It was, was great. Um, the thirsty? She shot me a look with a hint of frustration. <laughs> Sorry, didn't think. And then uh, the rabbit punches dropped him and he fell limp to the ground. Son of a bitch. I didn't get my ass kicked. <laughs> good day to get that lottery ticket susan said i just i love her so much i really do i think she's a delight I didn't get my ass kicked yeah she really truly is and i'm sure the next time she shows up no one's gonna get mad hmm. so i digress from the digression of the digression <laughs> the people in charge of sacking have been sacked We are on to what you have on your crack pot theory of the week. Or do you have one? I, I'm still, I, I, I mentioned it while I was reading through that part with uh, Snake Man, the Marcone. Hey. He's a mere mortal. Snake or boy. is he? I'm just saying, all of this shit with Marconi is making not, me not think <laughs> he's a true, like, just normal running your mill guy. Yeah, I mean... A lot of people seem to think he isn't, but we definitely have hints that there's more than meets the more than meets the eye. Oh my, oh my god, god, he's a transformer! He's a Decepticon! Oh my god, he's a transformer! Um, <laughs> there's a new Transformers movie that's coming out. That literally one of the taglines on the commercial was more than meets the eye. The best Transformers movie since the first one, and I was like, oh god. that's not. That's not a compliment. No. No, it's not. It's, it's worse than that one. Oh, um, my gosh. But they have a couple of uh, characters sort of connected to, I mean, not sort of directly connected to, but who knows how it's going to tie into the story from Beast Wars. 
which was the uh, computer animated late 90s, early aughts mm-hmm. Transformers show based in prehistoric Earth, which was super badass. That's the entire point I have. <laughs> There's no point. That's okay. Go watch Beast. Go watch Beast Wars. Oh the, uh, Wasn't there a video game for that? Oh, I'm sure. Yes. Yes, there was. I can see it in my head. I can see the, the font in my yeah. head. Yeah, no, for sure. I played it. <laughs> the the animation does not hold really? up. The storytelling does. That's good. So there you go. Yeah, no, I I, I dig it. Um squeezing in Marcone in a week where he's barely mentioned. But Lissa stick Lissa stick into her guns. But the snake guy has the same he's a mere mortal. He's wrong. Snake dude, I think you're wrong. I also like how uh arrogant they are to think that like there's no way marcone figured this out i know but how much credit harry gives him to know yeah marcone just figured this out like harry it doesn't take harry a second of thought to be like no no no." like you know what i mean like the level of respect there is interesting and then the disrespect right back to back shows why salurial's not out in the wild anymore and why harry and marcone still are yeah yeah 100 percent. So. I love it. Oh. I absolutely fucking love it. I mean, I'm all on General, Gentleman Johnny Marcone is not all that he seems to be. He's a robot in disguise. I agree. He might be more than meets the eye. So, for y'all listening. Yes, we are that big of dorks in real life. Okay, I'm just saying. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, uh, sending, sending Lissy, I'm on a boat gifts last night because she's going on a boat today. Yes. Uh, She's got her flippy floppies. I have my she's ready. floppies and my sunscreen. Uh, of course she does. She's <laughs> I was telling my boyfriend that my friend and I are going on a, on a um, boat today. He said, wear lots of sunscreen. <laughs> I was like, it's like you know me. <laughs> uh, I'm a bit one pasty. Of you, one of you has some melanin. <laughs> and it is not It is you. not me. <laughs> so... Good stuff. Yeah, you guys listen. Know. Liz, be, is part, Liz, is, Liz is Russian, so she's not exactly the Ooh. tannest human on the planet either. Oh, yeah? Like, how Russian? Does she have, like, an accent? Or no, 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 no. Her family's from Russia. I have, a prob- I have a problem with Russian accents. No, she doesn't have a Russian accent. Like, a problem, not a problem with, like, they make me angry. I have a problem with, they turn me into Harry Dresden. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's no bueno. It's no bueno. Oh my god! So, um, all right. Uh, short of that, I think we're good. <laughs> and it, like we said, it is the the fourth uh, of July here, which in <laughs> California is a holiday. In a lot of the world, it's not, and that's okay. Canada, you got your revenge in eighteen what fourteen or whatever. And isn't there? Um, what's up? No, they, they were July first. Yeah, I was supposed to say Canada's Canada Canada July first. So, poutine happy, for everybody. Happy belated Canada Day. But uh, yeah, it'll be the weekend when everyone else gets this. But hopefully you had a wonderful week, a four-day work week for most of the U.S. And anyone else, you should have just claimed it. Say it's like your heritage or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's a very, a very important podcast in my life celebrates the 4th of July. So I do too. And I'm not going to work on Tuesday. <laughs> next year, next year, I'll write you a note. Just send me an email. There we go. Beyond that, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Keep hitting us up at the podcast was on fire at gmail.com. The podcast was on fire. TikToking, um, and all those things. And um, what's the thing we have with a uh, Mastodon? Because Elon Musk sucks, and also Lisa oh, doesn't yeah. check Twitter. No. Um, 
I, well, I'm, I'm now limited, right? What's that? I'm now limited on how many tweets I can read. Didn't you hear that? The newest thing? No. Oh, yeah. He's limiting. I can read 600 tweets a day. Oh, wow. I, um, I got banned for yelling at transphobes, I think. I yell at a lot of people, but I think that's why I specifically got banned. And um, stopped giving a shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. There are plenty of platforms for me to yell at transphobes, Liz. Mm-hmm. I, am, I am who I am, and that's all that I am. I yell at dickheads. Hey, that makes sense. But I don't like bullies. We've covered it. God damn it. I am fucking Harry Dresden. And the more we go through this, it's really embarrassing. <laughs> Either way, have a wonderful, spectacular day on your boat. Make good choices. <laughs> Will do. Everyone else, hope you had a wonderful week of holidays and spectacular and have an extremely wonderful week ahead of you. This should come out on schedule the 8th and 9th for the subscribers and the non-subscribers. We appreciate it. Everyone who listens and does their thing, the people who throw a couple bucks in a month are like ridiculous and absurdly wonderful and spectacular. Mm. I'd give you a big kiss if I didn't, wasn't positive. You don't want me to give you a big kiss. <laughs> um, but beyond that, a chest bump. Give me a chest bump. I love, I love the chest bump. Chest bumps went out of style, and so I'm bringing them back. Okay. Just so we're clear. Give Lissy a chest bump if you see her on the street. <laughs> she'll be confused for a moment, and then she'll figure it out. Beyond that. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's early. You wanted to record early because you were going on I'm a boat, okay? On a I'm boat. still half asleep. And by the way, early uh, is 11.30 in the morning. I'm just saying. It's 11.27. Okay. okay? Way earlier than I exactly estimated. Um, <laughs> All right. We have the last chunk of Death Mask here, the final five chapters coming up, the thrilling conclusion of our tale. And I'm delighted to go through that. And hopefully uh, you guys are sticking with us and we'll see you then. So thank you so much, guys. I have a flag to wave. I have been Josh. And I am Alyssa. With the podcast is on fire. And it wasn't my fault. <laughs> I almost did the wrong thing. Podcast music! We're just also want to touch real quick on the coin that was offered to Harry. Mm-hmm. He remembered the sigil and drew it for Father Fordhill. In chocolate. Uh-huh. In chocolate. But he drew it on a chocolate-covered jelly donut. Gross! Chocolate-covered jelly donuts? The fuck's a chocolate-covered jelly donut That's disgusting. Doing? Sorry, that's gross. I mean, I don't... You know, chocolate-covered strawberries is a thing. Yeah. But, like... But, no. That's... No. That's strange, right? That's, Very... that's way worse than... Way worse than Lashiel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a little conversation about the, the a new demon we haven't seen yet. Um, but I just mostly wanted to bring up the chocolate covered chocolate donut. Oh, you need to um, do your um your quotes. I know. Okay, I know. Um, there was a quote that's actually from a different novel of a similar interaction that I thought was from this one. Ah, uh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. <laughs> um, I knew it was this one or the other one. I just. Or someone draws a symbol and he eats it or something like that. Either way. Um, I mean, that's a good way to get, a whole, get rid of it. Oh, yeah. Way better than Father Fordhill using his fingers. 
on someone else's donut. Come on. That was pretty nasty. The whole, the whole thing was gross. Uh, starting from being at the counter at Dunkin' Donuts and saying, can I get a chocolate-covered jelly donut, please? So uh, maybe, yeah. here's my, cra- my crackpot theory of the week, maybe Father Fort Hill's a bad guy. There you go. <laughs> maybe. Okay. 